On this edition of the Iowa Business Report. You want to invest like you're already wealthy. What should the Fed be doing? And what should you be doing? We'll hear the thoughts of a Wall Street analyst. More optimism about Iowa's business outlook. And in our business profile, you'll hear about Iowa's real estate market, both for existing homes and new construction. This is the Iowa Business Report for the second weekend of October 2023. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Christopher Markowski has worked to help investors grow and protect their assets since the 1990s. He was an investment banker, security analyst, and investment firm manager. He now shares his analysis frequently on cable business channels and hosts a weekly nationally syndicated radio program. I asked Christopher Markowski about the role of the Federal Reserve and if he agreed with some of the actions taken by the Fed over the past few years. The Federal Reserve is funny. Um, I, I, I do like to tease and make fun of them. You get all of these economists and you go and you take a look at their resumes or CVs and, and gee, none of them have ever run a business or have ever you know worked a farm or never had to come up with a business plan or do the things that normal human beings do. And, and again and again and again, we see them, in my opinion, creating policy errors. Uh, it wasn't too long ago we were told that inflation is transitory. Not only was it not transitory, it went parabolic. Not to mention the fact that you know inflation has been hitting people for an extended period of time. The cost of living continues to go up even when it hasn't gone parabolic like it has over the past couple of years. So I don't agree with their policy decisions. But at this point in time, it's almost like they've become a creature of the United States government. I mean, you can go back to when Paul Volcker was in charge of the Fed back in the 1980s. At least he came out and he told Congress and he said, listen, you're spending too much money in Washington, D.C. There's only so much that we can do here at the Federal Reserve. And that's the case right now. You know, there's little that the Fed can do when it comes to inflation. So they raised interest rates. They're really technically not that high. If you take a look at it from a historical point of view, they've raised them to a certain degree. Great. But again, go back, you take a look where they were much, much higher than this. But the Fed, they can't drill for oil. They can't farm. They, they can't help when it comes to the supply chain that is still, we haven't addressing supply conditions here in the United States. It's all up to them about demand. And I'm sure most of your listeners, because again, I get this from people all the time, understand this as well. Does it make any sense at all to think that it's a good idea that we have to slow the economy and put people out of work to solve inflation? Does that make any sense? I mean, I remember when I was in college, they were explaining this Phillips curve nonsense. And I'm saying to myself, how is it good to put people on the unemployment line where the government's got to spend money on aid? So I, I, you know, I do have a lot of criticism for the Federal Reserve. And I, quite frankly, I don't care for their policy decisions. And this goes to your point about their background. All the charts and graphs are nice, but it does not include the human element that makes American capitalism successful. Great point. You know, it's, it's, it's all theory. I could go out and I could buy a uh, book on how to play basketball written by Michael Jordan, but unless I go out and actually practice, I'm not going to get any better 
at it or I get a true understanding. And I talk about economic metaphors because the news media uses it all the time, the business networks, and they always comparing things to like the economy, almost like an engine. It's, it's overheating or we've got to prime the pump and all of this nonsense. And I try to explain to people the economy. It's, it's like nature. You know, it's fall right now and your leaves are starting to, to come down. No one can predict where all of these leaves are going to fall. And that's the problem with centralized economies, running the economy out of Washington, D.C., where you're picking and choosing winners and losers. And we do that with regulations. Uh, we see it happening right now where we say, OK, I do declare and do decree that EVs are the future. Well, maybe if the government did decide that maybe a better technology would come along. And when we divert assets to these directions, to me, it's almost like you're tinkering around with nature. And that's what the economy is to me. And I, I try to get that across to people. And, and again, it's it's the futility of these powers that be, the, these wizards of smart and, and these uh, capitals around the globe that think they can control these things. We're watching it happen with China right now implode all of the money that they're spending and all this real estate nonsense that they did their property uh, you know deals are, are making are what we dealt with in 2008 2009 look small why did it happen well some wizard is smart thought he was smarter than mother nature in essence and they're not a lot of folks are engaged in small business either as their primary source of income or they have an idea they want to see if the market will accept it if there's a customer base, and maybe someday it becomes their primary source of revenue. What are some of the challenges that are in the face of these potential entrepreneurs these days? Well, right now, obviously, because rates have come up, it's most certainly changed the dynamic. It makes it much more expensive if you want to go out and get a loan. And you know, we're, we're starting to actually see a fallout in that in major corporations that uh, you know basically went all in when it comes to borrowing. They didn't go out on a longer term. Happened with Silicon Valley Bank, and the reason why that failed because it was speculating. But that makes it much more difficult right now. Uh, again, depending on what you're in, there's a myriad of different issues. Obviously, you see the price of energy go up as it has. I mean, obviously th that affects everything. But some smaller businesses more than others. And these are things that you have to calculate. It's the ability, and I try to explain this, it's not my concept as brilliant philosopher, not even really an economist, the guy actually really managed money, he's done his name is Nicholas Taleb. He's got this concept of anti-fragility. And it's what you strive to be when you're starting a business. You want your business because it's going to experience shocks. But when you experience a shock, you end up coming out stronger on the other side. That's what you want to strive to do with your business. It's not always possible. It's a difficult thing to do, but you got to expect the unexpected. Things are going to happen and how you go about dealing with those challenges. And again, there's a myriad of them that are out there right now. Obviously, energy costs, cost of capital right now are much higher, but I wouldn't let that discourage anybody. I tell people, you know, they're debating whether or not we're going to go into a recession. Recessions are going to happen. I could care less. Doesn't change the way I'm running my business or managing money at all. As a recession, you come out strong on the opposite side because you cut costs, you do a myriad of different things. Don't participate in recessions in the sense of being scared of them. Don't let that hold you back. Life is going to present you a myriad of opportunities. And we don't even call it financial planning. I call it financial preparation. My job is to help my clients basically be able to take advantage of these opportunities that are going to present themselves throughout life. For the average individual, should they be focused to every little change 
or should they just kind of back off a little bit and look at broader trends? What's the the saner policy? Because you can drive yourself crazy watching the ticker on uh, the news channels. It's funny. People will, you know, at the end of the day, they'll be like, uh, Chris, what the markets do today? And I'll be scratching. I don't know what happened. You know, and I'm in this business because I, quite frankly, I don't care. You know, I really don't over the short term. It doesn't matter. You want to be a great company buyer. You don't want to look at them as stocks or some sort of uh, video game or anything like that. That's a surefire way to lose. You know, one of the, the keys is you want to invest like you're already wealthy. And wealthy people, what they do is they own high quality companies, companies that pay them to own them. If you look at dividends and using compounding and letting compounding work its magic for you rather than against you by being in debt and having to pay interest. And obviously things will change. You know, blue chips die and you got to pay attention to the fundamentals of the company. But if you do that, you're going to be successful. Every week on the program, I say everything in life that has meaning, value and worth involves work, time and effort. You know, I've been in this business for, you know, 30 plus years and I can take a look and I can see all of the uh, fly by night, wizard is smart, trading algorithms, all of these get rich quick things that never work out, never work out, not not in a million years. That There's a right way of doing things and a wrong way of doing things and trying to explain what the future is going to do over the short term, exercise and futility. Something you said there was of interest to me in particular where we become so focused on numbers, numbers and returns and all of that, that's important. But you're talking about a climate of a business that has a good solid foundation, that takes care of its customers, that takes care of its employees. It's something that you want to be a part of and invest in. And so you're talking about a much longer term relationship. In essence, you're making a friendship and a long-term relationship as opposed to What's the quick hit? Because as you say, all of that churn in the end nets out to be the same as if you had just stayed the course, if you will. Absolutely. But even with saying that, if I have a a position XYZ company that I love and it's been doing well over time, that doesn't mean over the course, I mean, uh, you you reinvest if you're that sort of reinvest dividends. I take profits in these things if the position becomes oversized. It's almost like tending to a garden. Now, I always talk about you know, it was the original Karate Kid movie where Mr. Miyagi's explaining, you know, how to do a bonsai tree and you cut here and you snip here. You do that and you rotate assets. So if one position in your portfolio has done extraordinarily well, nothing wrong with taking some of that money off the table and rotating it to an area that hasn't done as well. And that's proper portfolio management. You know, sell the entire position, but you take profits along the way. And that's a smart way of handling things and building wealth. What we're witnessing happening in Israel is a prime example of, you know, things coming out of nowhere. With this taking place, what you're going to see happen is, and we're seeing it already, they call it flight to quality. And money is going to flow to the United States because it's going to be deemed the safest place. You've seen that just over the past couple of days in regards to bond yields coming down. The reason why the bond yields are coming down is money is flowing here because they feel that the United States is the safest way to kind of protect your assets. Financial analyst Christopher Markowski. You can learn more at his website, watchdogonwallstreet.com. We spoke via Zoom on Wednesday, October 11. Still to come, cautious optimism, and later, home sweet home. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. Hello, fellow Iowans. This is Michael Swanger, owner of Iowa History Journal. Did you know that when World War II ended in 1945, there were about 25,000 POWs, 
housed at camps in Algona and Clarinda, as well as smaller branch camps throughout our state? Read the first part of our riveting series, Behind Barbed Wire, in the September-October issue of Iowa History Journal. Get your copy of Iowa History Journal at Barnes & Noble, Hy-Vee, Walmart, Books A Million, and iowahistoryjournal.com. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. Each quarter, the Iowa Association of Business and Industry surveys its members to gauge their outlook for the upcoming three months in areas from anticipated sales to employee levels and capital spending. Iowa ABI President Mike Ralston shares some of the key results from the new survey. In this survey, about 46% of those who responded anticipate hiring people, increasing the number of total employees. As you and I have talked about in the past, I'll bet there'd be many more who would say they'd hire if they could find them. We tried to do a little drill down on some of this. And what we found is that workforce is always our members, whether they're in manufacturing or not, it's always their number one concern. But there's a little less pressure on hiring right now, partly again because of the seasonal aspect of where we are partly because uh, they've made some investments that have allowed them to automate uh, processes that they could. And so there's a little less pressure for those reasons than others on employment, but still a pretty significant, you know, when you get almost half of the folks who respond who say they're looking for people and that they expect to hire them, that's pretty positive. There is a lot of growth and that's good. And again, it also uh, speaks to an issue that we've talked about many times, and that is we need to do everything we can in this state to make sure that folks that can be employed are employed, that we're promoting and supporting workers. And, and again, thanks to the efforts of the governor and the legislature, that uh, that's clearly happening here. Folks have heard that the corporate tax rate is going to change in Iowa because of hitting certain targets. Talk about what that means and, and why that may be a positive sign for further growth in the state. What the General Assembly and governor tried to do, and again, it was a bipartisan effort when it was passed, uh, was to uh, look at reforming and reducing Iowa's taxes across the board, but particularly in this case, the corporate income tax, if certain targets were met. That is, if growth happened, then there could be reduction. But if there wasn't growth, there weren't going to be reductions. The off-sided Kansas example, uh, you know, Kansas as a state was very aggressive on tax reductions. Some folks feel like they were too aggressive and thus services had to be cut. Nobody in Iowa wanted to see that happen. And so the, the mechanism in Iowa was very much uh, targeted towards uh, areas of growth. If the growth takes place, then further cuts are made. But the growth has to take place. That's certainly what's happened here in Iowa. You covered it, I know. I covered it well. And, and it got a lot of attention that uh, the state has a surplus. There was certain targets met when it came to business growth and tax receipts. And so uh, the, the income tax rate has been cut. We'll see if that continues. Uh, if it doesn't, it's still very positive that some uh, reform or reduction has taken place. If it does continue, again, we think that's good for everybody. And in a place like Iowa, businesses tend to invest that money back into their business, whether a you know, tax designation, a C corporation, typically a large company that does business multinationally, or uh, S corporation where it pays its uh, income tax through uh, the uh, incomes of its uh, owners. In all those cases, in Iowa, the data shows that those kinds of things result in more investment in the business. Coming up, 
Iowa's housing market continues to be strong. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month, and you may text stop to stop. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Support for the Iowa Business Report comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more and review the latest quarterly member survey by going to iowabusinesscouncil.org. In this week's business profile, you'll meet Mary Zaleski, a realtor and new home specialist with Skogman Realty. This weekend concludes the annual Parade of Homes presented by the Greater Cedar Rapids Housing and Building Association, a time for people to tour remodeled homes as well as new construction. I asked Mary Zaleski about the strength of the housing market in light of last year's higher prices and this year's higher mortgage rates. Split bedrooms are really popular. That is where your primary is off to one side and then the additional bedrooms are off to the other side. So that could be great for if you're looking to downsize. So you want your own space. Um, When kids come back or you have guests, you want them off to the other side. Or as you're growing, like a growing family, most high school kids really don't want to be around their parents. So they're off to one side of the home. You're off to the other single people when they have guests over. Those plans are just great plans. Again, if you're looking to downsize or you're looking to grow into a home. Between remodeling and building new, that is definitely when I have buyers come in, I say, go get a quote. So if you like something, go get a quote, see how much it is. Typically when you build new, that kitchen remodel quote is going to be a lot more than what we would charge you for a kitchen building from the ground up. Same with the lower level. If you go get a quote for a lower lower level, what we charge by square footage when you build new is typically less. So that is something you as a homeowner would want to, you know, weigh in. If this, I'm never moving again. This is my home. I love my lot. I love my neighborhood. Sure, maybe you should remodel. This is where you want to stay. But if after that remodel, you still don't have a pantry or you still don't have a walk-in closet, you're in a two-story, you need a ranch, those things will just never change with your home. So it might be a good time to think, okay, I'm done with this home. It's just not working for me or my family. It's time to sell that, take that equity. Um, Since home prices went up so much, you would be surprised of the equity that you have in your home if you bought it 10 years ago, 15 years ago, and then move that into the the new home. Cedar Rapids is, if if you look across our nation, Cedar Rapids was voted the um, number one uh, most affordable place to live in in our market. My buyers that I see a lot of are from California, Wisconsin, Minnesota, you know, South Carolina. They are coming here and all I hear is, gosh, it's so cheap to live here, the, the price for housing. So 
it may seem expensive, but over the rest of the the United States, we're one of the most affordable places to live. And also with new construction, you're a little more protected. So what I mean by that is you're going to build a home and comps. So when you go to sell your home, the other homes around you, you're around new construction homes. You're also in communities that are still building new. So we know those prices are going to be more expensive. So you just get that kind of protection when you're looking to build versus I'm going to buy an older home. It's an existing neighborhood, can't build other homes around it. So you're really battling with your neighbors with existing. So again, it's something talk, talk to a builder, talk to your preferred realtor. I'm happy to talk about it all, all day. I work on the building side, but I'm also a realtor. And it's just something that you want to, you want to weigh for you and your family. And if, if it's a good investment, um, I've never had somebody come back to me and say, this was a terrible idea. All I ever hear is, I'm glad I bought when I bought because the prices only get higher. The cost of land gets higher. It just costs more each year to develop. So I really think in, you know, what is it, 2023 and 2033, we'll hear, I'm glad I bought 10 years ago. Mary Zaleski. Realtor and new home specialist with Skogman Realty, based in eastern Iowa. They are online at skogman.com. We spoke via Zoom on Friday, October 6. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. That's where you'll find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 18 now in all. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa, providing business solutions and support to small to medium-sized businesses. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.